KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday as we talk sports with you over the next couple of hours. And thanks for uh, carving out some of your morning to spend with Trent and myself. BMW of Des Moines guest list. It is basketball, college basketball heavy, as one would expect on a Monday. Coming up at 1030, bottom of the hour, we'll talk to Alex Halstead on Iowa State. Thought we might have some Halliburton news early in the program, so we put uh, Alex up first, although there's been no uh, indications that uh, the, Hal- uh, that the Halstead, uh, that the Halliburton news is going to come prior to 1030. Uh, regardless, Alex Halstead's going to join us We'll recap K-State, take a look at the uh, week ahead and what lies ahead potentially with the lottery pick, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, regarding, um, I mean, who knows where his career is going to go. Is it over? Has he got some basketball still left to play? A lot of uh, topics to get to with Alex Halstead at the bottom of the hour. At 11 o'clock, we'll talk college basketball from a national perspective. Rob Doster's our guy. He joins us every uh, week uh, from NBCSports.com. He's part of the the... Pro Football Talk, College Basketball Talk umbrella. Uh, Rob is one of the senior writers over there, and he will join us at 11 o'clock. Uh, lots to, a lot of ground to cover. Uh, respects to college basketball, Duke, North Carolina, the Bobby Knight news. I will let uh, both Rob and Trent know who's going to win the national championship oh. because I figured that out, out over the weekend. Uh, so stay tuned. <laughs> that got your attention, didn't mm, you? It did. I, I think s- I know what direction you're leaning already. Which, which, which way am I going? Am I heading west? You're going to Gonzaga. I am going going to Gonzaga. Yeah, I know you love the Zags. Oh, Trent, they're so tough, and they got everything. That's really, truly an international roster if you Mm -hmm. look at that makeup. And all those bigs, my God, they just pounded the crap uh, out of St. Mary's the other night, and uh, it was really not even a contest. So we'll do that at 11, and then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic will join the program at 11.30. As expected, the Hawks had a laugher over Nebraska, but now it gets right back into the fire this week with a couple of road tests, Ohio's, oh, Indiana on Thursday and uh, Minnesota on Sunday. XFL from the weekend. Not sure how much time we'll spend on it, although I did watch more than I thought that I would. And you was got kind into of it, int- huh? I don't know if I got into it. You know what's going to be tough for the league? Just the crazy stat, first of all, before we spend a minute on it. Um, Four games. Mm-hmm. Each the attendance at all four of the games. Did you see the stat? They were all at seventeen thousand and change. It was crazy. They yeah. didn't. They didn't break eighteen thousand. They didn't fall below seventeen thousand. So about seventeen thousand five hundred at all four of the venues, which is crazy. Cooking the books. Wonder. I, I do wonder. We'll see. Week two is always the uh, you know the the week where we'll get a good indicator. I like some of the rules. I hate some of the rules. I don't like the um, the interviews in play interviews. Sure. Didn't like that. Don't like the tricking up the extra point. Well, you can go from here, you get one. But if you go back here, you get two. Now, here's a real bonus for you. Don't like that part. But um, there was some, I mean, the kickoff rules come to the NFL and maybe coming to football in general right. within the next few years because... That clearly is an area of safety concern that the league wants to clean up, and I, and I think that that worked. But it's just, we don't know the colors of the team. We don't know the mm-hmm. helmets, right? We hardly know the players for the most part. We'll see. Thought it was going to be an uphill climb. It was, certainly was better. You're going to have to help me out with that. i got to do the, the math in my head. Okay. The American Alliance of Football. AAF. Yes, the AAF. 
Uh, it was better than that. Didn't you think? Did you watch any of it? I watched some of it. I never was there. Probably longer than ten minutes was probably the okay. longest stretch that I ever hung out with mm-hmm. it. So, I guess I didn't get a good feel. It's it's a minor league football system, if you will. Yeah, it's bad quarterback play. It's bad mm-hmm. offensive line. Kyle Jones was pretty good. He was all right. And the kid from Ole Miss wasn't bad yesterday. Um, uh, for St. Louis, I think he is. Yeah. Um, Tamu. Tamu, yeah. It's hard to pronounce his name. I watched most of the first game of the day at uh, the game that took place at the Meadowlands. But anyways, I don't, I, I don't know. We'll see. Better than I thought, but it's it's college basketball season. So I don't know where you want to start. I, 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 you know what I kind of want to start? I want to start in the Valley. I'm, I'm right there with you. Because that was a hell of a game, and, and Drake Northern Iowa was entertaining. Kevin Lehman, Mitch Holtis on the call. By the way, speaking of announcers, how about Stephen Bardo's paycheck this weekend? You mentioned this to me before the show today. I didn't realize. He was everywhere. Just how often he was out and about. Of course, I heard him in Iowa City. Yeah. I was working Friday night, so I. Well, he was in Champaign doing the Maryland-Illinois game. I watched the game and fast-forward, so I wasn't really, listen. wasn't really right. listening right. during that, so I didn't even catch it as Maryland's Maryland legit. came back. Yeah, Maryland's, Maryland's playing better on the road. We know they're, off, mm-hmm. they're unbeatable at home, uh, but um, you know they're starting to assert themselves. But they're going the, the right way. Michigan State, on the other hand, not so much. There's football news for Michigan State as well. But, but Bardo began his, night, uh, began his weekend in Champaign, Friday night, Maryland-Illinois. Jumps in the car, heads over to Iowa City. He's mm-hmm. got Nebraska. And Iowa. That game's over. Jumps in the car, heads to Milwaukee, where he did uh, Marquette Butler yesterday afternoon. That's a long weekend. That is a long weekend, but it's not over yet, Trent, because he skedaddled back to Chicago in time to be in studio on the Big Ten Network for Northwestern and Rutgers. So Bardo made a lot of money this weekend working. Uh, which tells you that I watched a lot of college basketball because I essentially followed Stephen Bardo around uh, for the weekends. But but back to, uh, let's go to the McLeod Center, which looked great, by the way, banged mm-hmm. out. And I love the natural light in that building. You it's know, a really cool venue. It is. I haven't been in it, and I, I like I, yeah, I'd like to at some point, but um, it, it just looks cool. In a lot of ways, it's like Carver. Just mm-hmm. obviously a smaller scale. Precisely. You walk yep. in and everything then is down below, below you. you. Yep. And you got the concourses up there and you can watch the game from up there. And and a then lot of people do. Yes, yeah. Make your way back to your seat. So it's a really cool venue. It's 7,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it's banged out, it's good. It's loud in there. You mentioned the natural light coming in. Now, sometimes that can cause some problems. Yeah, I can see. And I remember, especially when the McLeod Center opening, that being a, a big factor for some of those afternoon games mm. and what do we do? Just accept it. Play through it. Do you put up curtains? How expensive those curtains are. Speaking of curtains, so at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. when they were first playing those basketball games leading up to the Final Four, that's something that they found out. So they got curtains that they could put up if the light f- becomes a problem. Right. Those curtains cost over a million dollars. Are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> Remember that being a big star story of the Star Tribune? Yeah. Curtains costing a million dollars Wow! for U.S. Bank Stadium. That was one of the highlights of your career, being able to cover oh, that Oh, it was so good. It don't think I'm going to make it to Atlanta this year. No. I Unless? Well, Panthers or the Hawks. Yeah. Go on a bit of a run. Look, it's wide open, Kurt Trent. We mm-hmm. say that kind of with tongue planted in cheek, but who knows? Right who draw. Knows? I think Gonzaga is the best team in college basketball. Baylor, the, the the rankings say they are right now, but who knows? You're you're 100 right. You get the right draw, and bracket you, opens up. There's an there upset in front of you. 
Maybe number one seed goes down again like we oh, saw two one, years ago. And one will, Trent. I, I mean, maybe not the overall number one because mm-hmm. I think it's like, well, if it's Baylor, then we'll see. Uh, but uh, but to the game itself, uh, A.J. Green was unbelievable in the basketball game. Burha was terrific. Um Fife maybe not his best game, but him and Robin certainly had a uh, uh, a pretty good battle. And Fife was saddled with foul trouble for for a lot of it. How about that the Haldeman three from about thirty eight feet away? Trent, they were they hit a couple of threes in that game. I think it was Layman said he hit it from the the Panthers' teeth. One of them. Right. Uh, but yeah, look for the first certainly for the first twenty minutes, I thought Drake was the better team. No doubt. Yeah, outplayed them, outshot uh-huh. them. They were playing incredibly well, and every time that you and I had an answer, Drake was right back at him. Drake would give up a lead, and then they'd come right back. And it it had that feeling for 36 minutes that Drake was going to nab well, they, Yeah, they weren't going away, for yeah. sure. And it was it was going to come down to the wire, mm-hmm. but you mentioned A.J. Green. And what did the game go off at, by the way? On eight and a half. Oh, so eight and a half. I thought that it was maybe, ele- I thought it was double digits. It so. was nine. Okay. Right. I had a Panther ticket. That was one of the, the few wins over the weekend. It was oh, a rough one, one of those in college hoops. Yeah, it, it was not a pretty Saturday at the very least and got lucky on that one. But A.J. Green took over the game. Trent, he was unreal. And this is what happens when a top 75 player consensus mm-hmm. nationally ends up in the MVC. He had his struggles during his freshman year. Mm-hmm. I think they put too much on his plate. They asked him to do too Fair. much. This year, though... He's shooting the ball incredibly well, mm-hmm. something that didn't happen a year ago, and he can take over games, and that's what he did. 11 straight, and just Drake couldn't find a way to stop them, and felt like DeVries and tried they, everything. Trent, they were guarding him. They were yeah. right in his face. That, that's the other part. And what do you do at that point? You just throw your hands up. Right. and I mean, short of double-teaming him every single time on every single touch, maybe that's the game plan going forward. When, when they come back February 29th to say, we got to get the ball out of his hands. Mm-hmm. You know, Burhau hit 7-3, so be it. But we're not letting AJ Green beat us. Yeah, that was that was really that was a fun, that was a fun game. I'm, I'm glad that uh, it was in its own window. The meeting that I when I was state weren't covering it up, and, and uh, all three of them were in their their own windows and their uh, in their own uh, in their own little reasons. All f- three of them uh, were pretty entertaining. So let's do the Halliburton stuff. We'll save Iowa. Uh, let, let's do the Halliburton injury because when he came down on that wrist and he went into the locker room toward the end of the first half, and you're thinking to yourself. Have we seen the end of this kid? Right. I mean, is 22 going to put on that uniform again? Trendy's a lottery pick, and his team is languishing in 7th, 8th, ninth place in the Big 12, meaning that there's no postseason. I mean, they're not going to... Okay. Lightning in a bottle. Can they? Sure. Okay, maybe. Would you bet on it? Of course you wouldn't, and I certainly won't either. But for the for the good of the player... What do you do? Because that's now two injuries on that wrist. Mm-hmm. When he tried to go in the second half, he tried to gut it out, and hats off to him for trying to do so. You know, he wanted to play. Mm-hmm. You could see that. You could see that. Apparently, because uh, I was following, I mean, uh, the, uh, uh, the Iowa State media was following. When the team came out on the floor, he didn't join them in the beginning and then kind of came out by himself and... You know, he tried to he tried to gut it out, but he was playing with one arm tied behind his back. He he, he had no left hand. If this was an injury on its own and just trying to gut it out, that's one thing. But this is the second time now right. that this has become 
a pretty major issue. And it's going to become an issue for teams that uh, when, when we roll into June and these teams are deciding how much money they want to mm-hmm. pour into this lottery pick. People still are enamored at the NBA level with Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. For the kid, he shut it down. I think so, Trent. I really and truly do. There is not... I mean, Steve Prohm has done everything he can possibly do to try to get things going. He's changed Make lineups. chicken salad out of you-know-what. Yes, he has gone with the lineup card and mm-hmm. done that. And he has gone to different combinations on the floor and playing two big guys yep. together and playing one big guy together and, and going four guards around it and on and on and on. He's hit every button. Steam can't shoot well. No, nope. they can't guard the Although perimeter. Solomon well. Young, Trent, what a game he had! He boy, when he plays like he—that's a lot of pressure on the kid. But boy, oh boy, he—he he was unbelievable on Saturday night. But back to Halliburton, it's really going to be look. It's going to be up to him. But shouldn't Iowa State, I think, kind of push him in one direction? I would think so. I yeah. know. I think that that would be the right thing. As selfish as that sounds. To the rest of the guys on the floor, look, you're in eighth place. TCU has a win over you. I know you get to see him again. But realistically, what's there left to play for? What's there left to play? You've got, what, eight games left Mm -hmm. in conference play now? And maybe it's as simple as that. Shut him down and tell the conference. Maybe, yeah. If this three weeks is going to get him right and he's going to be completely healthy, maybe that's the route. Because there is not a path here for this team to get themselves into consideration Short of winning the conference right, tournament. Right. Because of that, if you believe that this is something that can help him, that is going to help him both long term and short term for this year's team, then do that. Mm-hmm. Shut him down for a few weeks and then see. And maybe he goes out there for the last game of the regular season or something like that to to get his feet underneath him before conference play. You're gonna and, and to give the and to give the fan base another opportunity to recognize him as the way that they will and sh- should and will. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. Maybe it's that last home uh-huh. game at home against West Virginia. You get him out there, finale at K State, and then you see from there. If that's what makes sense. No, we're not doctors. We just play them on the radio, acting like we actually know what's going on with that wrist injury. But if it's something that is as simple as that, that some rest will do him good. Then do that because, mm-hmm. like you said, this team isn't going anywhere. No. They're going to have to win four games in four days in Kansas City to get this thing done. Doing it with the healthy Tyrese Halliburton at least gives you a a glimmer of hope. Right? There's no hope right now. No, that's Trent. They're they're in the uh, they're in the opening round, uh, opening night of the tournament. That's what it is. That's we'll we'll see we'll see. Look, I I hope the kid plays. I just I just find it hard to believe that he's going to. He's fun to watch. He is this team. But Solomon Young on Saturday night was a, was a difference maker in a basketball game. Michael Jacobson, boy, he struggles to shoot the basketball yeah. this year. I can't believe it. How that shot is just it's just completely left him. Bolton's coming on. We know about Bolton. Uh, your guy Lewis had a good game again. He now did. offensively, this guy can score. It's it's clearly at the defensive end of the floor that Prom really has an issue uh, with, with Terrence Lewis. But boy, he was he was filling it up. His athleticism was on display the other night. And how about George Conant finally coming on after he had played? I mean, been non-existent for a long stretch. Here. I noticed him uh, on the glass more than scoring. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's still kind of what he is. Uh-huh. I, I think there's still limitations to his game on the offensive end. This is not a game mm-hmm. you're just going to drop it in the post and he's going to go to work and be able to score 14, 18 a game. That's right. not who he is. But if that's what he's doing, he's out there hustling because how many games we see, boy, he played 22 minutes and yeah. had two rebounds. You can't do that when you're 6'11". No. <laughs> you, you, they should be able to fall to you at 6'11". Did you see Sneed's behind-the-back dunk that caused him to, to leave the game for yes. the second time? 
That's, I mean, that seems like a sports hernia where he's holding, where yeah, he's holding yes. himself. Right. That's the, you know, since we're playing doctors in this segment here, I'm going to diagnose Snead from afar. Uh, I mean, it was a spectacular dunk, but you're thinking to yourself, wow, if you, if you had to do that one over again, so you just laid it in, he would have been able maybe to stay on the floor. Um, but we'll see. The Halliburton uh, news is, uh, is, is clearly the story coming out of that basketball game, and we'll see if he's ready to go on Wednesday night. In fact, I doubt he'll be ready to go when the team heads to Norman to take on Oklahoma. And then you said Texas Texas on Saturday. at home on Saturday. So another winnable home game in Hilton. Mm-hmm. Look, they had Texas beat in Austin. They did, yes. Bolton missed three straight layups. Right. They win that bunnies, game. Right under the basket, right. They Bing, win bang, that boom. game mm-hmm. with that. And still, even if they'd won that game, I don't think our conversation is much different. No, it's really not, Trent, because they're right right now. They're yeah, they're, they're maybe they can maybe get the seven. So let's go to Iowa City on uh, on well, was it five o'clock tip mm-hmm. on Saturday night? Um, you knew Iowa was going to come out, especially after they got embarrassed against Purdue. When you look back, and they were embarrassed with the last time that they were in Lincoln. This was Nebraska's only win of conference play. No, they have, do they have two? Yeah, they have, they two. have two. Northwestern's the team that has one. But regardless, uh, Iowa went over there and got picked off by the Huskers. You knew that they were, um, you know, going to send a message if they could, and they certainly did. Wieskamp was unbelievable in the basketball game. Garza was Garza. What else? Connor McCaffrey's hitting his threes early in the game. It's a different team when when he's doing that. Uh, those were my biggest takeaways from the game and the fact that the guys were able to come out and you know, McCaffrey had the luxury of playing a lot of guys late in the game because it was uh, the, the the outcome was signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah, how often do you see them going to the bench with eight minutes left in the uh-huh. game? And, and they had, A, they went to the reserves that early. They had an eight-minute stretch where they didn't score. Trent that was eight minutes exactly. And they still score 96. They uh-huh. still win the game by 20-plus points. They, they were able to coast in. Think about that. They did that in 32 minutes. <laughs> right. right. It was incredible. It was great to see Austin Ash out there, a kid that, going back to that first Nebraska game, they said if he was cleared medically, right, he was going to play that. in that game. You can see why. Dude can shoot it. Yeah. It's a weird-looking shot. It, it's got some funk to it, but the thing goes down. They were setting him up. He hit a couple of three-pointers there late in the game, and you wonder... I don't think they go for a 33 if he's out there against mm-hmm. Nebraska the first time last. That wasn't the case, but he's back out there doing his thing. It was it was a get-right game, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what you wanted to see. I mentioned to this to you after the Purdue loss. I think we're going to learn a lot about this Iowa team and the way they respond. If they go through and they beat Nebraska, but it's kind of hard-fought and it's difficult. And, and it looked for a while like it was going to be yeah, hard-fought. It, that that eight-minute stretch, yeesh. And it was back within two is that what they got it back to? Maybe so. three, and whatever yeah. it was. It was close as Nebraska got back into it, but they responded at the end of the half and then ran away in the beginning of the second half. It was mm. just incredible. Yeah. You mentioned Wieskamp, what he was able to do. Get right, everybody gets off their feet. They had played or practice, I think it was, 13 straight days. So you can manipulate the schedule really? in a way where you're supposed to have a, pra- a day off or practice uh-huh. and that type of thing. Uh, but that wasn't the case the way they manipulated the calendar they got both yesterday and today Perfect. off. Perfect. This team needs it. Yep. Before they head on the road for back to back, and and the good news is, well, they don't play till Thursday night, so yep. there's an, a little extra time. Five games in thirteen recover. days for the Hawkeyes during this stretch. Wow. So that tight, compressed schedule. It's going to happen when you play t- twenty conference games mm-hmm. and trying to get them all in. You don't get the uh, the rest that you did in the old days, but they're able to get off their feet for a couple of days here. Come back and now, just find a way to win one of these. You have to win at least one to keep your hopes alive. Being in the top four, the double buy that comes with it in the Big Ten tournament, 
you have to find a way to get one of these two games. Well, I think it's more likely that that happens on Thursday night as opposed to going up north to, to take on the Gophers in Minnesota. Look, I watched the Indiana game, and I guess let's let's go there because I, I, I certainly don't speak for the Well, maybe I do. You know what? Maybe I do speak for the majority of people. Were we, were we glad to see closure for Bobby Knight? I, for one, was. I was right there with you. Yeah. Uh, I had a tear in my eye. I mm-hmm. uh, just watching it, and you know what? Um, you know what? I, I was struck by you know Bobby Knight. This is, watching him try, he's frail, Trent. Yes, he was having to be held up by you know. Son was behind him. He had a player on each Isaiah one of Thomas his arms. Was on his arm. Isaiah, uh, and a lot of them made it back, which was just mm-hmm. unbelievable uh, to see that. But I think it was good for the university. I clearly. Clearly, uh, Bobby. It was good for Bobby Knight. Mm-hmm. I he, think needed he, that. he needed yeah. that as much as anybody, I think, and he fought it for the longest time and was fighting it uh, recently. I think he was on Dan Patrick's show now within the last year and said he'll never go back. And he was glad that those people that fired him for the most part are dead. I mean, he said that he still he was wounded. Um, and he <laughs> look in the mirror, Bobby. Right. right. But at the same time, he was Indiana basketball, man. He was. That, I mean, Indiana, it was a brand, and it was a mm-hmm. brand because of him, and they had success beforehand, but three national championships, and, and what that program was, and for a kid like me growing up in the 80s, right. I mean, that was, Indiana basketball was it. That was, mm-hmm. that was a different level than everybody else played at, and because of what they did, and able to cut down the nets, and it was uncomfortable, though. I was... Watching it Saturday was uncomfortable. I was really uncomfortable when he went over and he was talking to. I thought he was going to punch Dick Vitale in the face. Oh, they're great friends. I know they were, but did you see how? And that's I guess that's he wanted a headset apparently. Oh, is that what it was? He wanted a headset to be able to hear what he was saying. Yes, that's that. That was what the story. I I read that story that. yeah, he was. I know what you're referring to, mm-hmm. but apparently he wanted a headset, and then he didn't want to leave the floor, and he was soaking it all in. You know, he was soaking it all in. I didn't realize he lives in Bloomington. Yeah, I didn't realize he had moved back, and they right. mentioned that during the broadcast. I thought the broadcast team did a great job yes, of just not did. stepping on it mm-hmm. and letting everything go there. It was emotional. Yep. I was uncomfortable seeing Bobby Knight, seeing mm-hmm. the bright red nose, mm-hmm. and just you mentioned the frailty yeah. to him. Yep. It, it made me queasy. I mean, I I don't know why. It just I had that uncomfortable feeling throughout, and there was also a part of me wondering what he was Because he was, was larger do. than life. Oh, yes, yes. Hey, Knight, what's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How'd that work out? And that's ultimately how it all ended <laughs> yeah, there. True. But going down to Lubbock and getting that program mm-hmm. at least running at a pretty and good level. leaving it with his kid. Right, trying to yeah. hand it off. And he's not the only person that has no, done that. No, no, no. Uh-uh. We've seen that plenty of times in the past, uh, trying to go that route. But good to get that closure. I was uncomfortable by long stretches, but I was with you. Had a uh, had some mistiness no, in the I eyes. No, I did. I did. So, what do you think consensus was? If we were to poll basketball fans, yeah, because I went on Twitter and you know I I, I would feed, uh, read the the timeline of some of the national guys that were there covering the game. It was more than fifty fifty that we're glad to see it, but boy, there certainly a, there was a, a good good number of haters that wanted you know that didn't need to see that. They couldn't care less, and I don't know if these are fans of other schools in the uh, in the Big Ten, or maybe they were in college when Indiana knocked their team off the <laughs> pedestal or whatever. Um, but I, I thought it was good, Trent. I did. I was I'm glad that it happened. I was glad that I was able to watch it. Closure is a good. thing. It is. On the other side, how about Purdue just outplaying them? They did. I was getting texts from people before as they were finding out that Bobby Knight 
was going to be honored. Mm-hmm. Oh, Indiana all day long. Lay the points here. This is going to be a emotional building. Not right. going to lose this one. Purdue is just a lot better. They were so they certainly were on uh, on Saturday. Mark Cuban made it back. Yes, State, Sage Steele was there. Yes, and right beside him. Absolutely. Yes. So what's her connection? Is she, she went to Indiana. Oh, she did go to yep. Indiana. Well, I figured it must have been something. Uh, I knew Cuban did. Mm-hmm. How was he be able to get a plane? Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> right? times are tight. Right. Well, I filled fill the plane up with gas. We're we're headed to Bloomington. Uh, times are tight indeed. All right. Hey, what other? Oh, Cal- what do you got? Carolina Duke. Trent craziest ending. Certainly this year, there's a lot of both games. Both of the endings, Trent. The regulation, the, yeah. end of, the end of regulation, and then the end of... I mean, Two buzzer beaters by yes. Duke. Yes. Two buzzer if beaters. In North Carolina, you're sick because, A, the season's not going the right, right. way. Yeah. But you had a chance to pick off Duke at home. That's salvageable season. I mean, going back to Duke's one bad season the last 25 years, that's when Capel hit the three, mm-hmm. and they're losing season. And that's a memorable moment. This was going to be a memorable For moment. Them. The down Carolina team that still yep. was able to find a way to beat Duke and you give up 15 points the last oh, two minutes of regulation. Right. I understand they didn't want him to hit threes. We're just letting Jones go in there and yeah. lay the ball in. And, and how about the up. how about the intentional miss that comes right back to him? That was really smart. That was un- was really smart, but really lucky too. I mean, yes. Now he said in the post game interview that. He had done that in practice a bunch of times, and every time it came back to that same area. Oh, did he say that? Yes, it came back when he did it, and doing it quick, not letting the defense kind of understand, right, the rebounders right. understand what's going to happen here. Get the ball and do it. He got the ball, flipped it up there, went right back to him. I thought he was going to hit a three at the horn. When that yeah. went right back to him, I, oh, here it comes. Yeah. And then he drives in uh, after the ball was tipped away for a moment and hit the, what, 18-footer, I guess mm-hmm. it was, to force overtime. Fun game. Hated the uniforms. Absolutely hated. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Blue them. on blue, mm-hmm. light blue. Ver- and I think that impacted the game a couple of times. It felt like watching it. There were a couple of different times where guys either almost second-guessed themselves and pump-faked looking at the pass, making sure it was one of their guys. Come on. Look. It's Duke Carolina. Just let them wear their normal uniforms. I'm with you. We'll take a time out. We'll get Alex Halstead. We'll get the latest on uh, Tyrese Halliburton. If there is some news, we will hear it uh, from uh, Alex Halstead coming up here uh, in about five minutes. Of course, he's 24-7 sportscyclealert.com. But it's time right now to help you pay your bills. iHeartRadio 1460 KXNO is along with 106.3 FM. Text the keyword BALL to 200-200 right now is your chance to win $1,000. BALL to 200 in this nationwide Contest. Iowa State conversation next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station 1460. Word today. Miller and Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. Trent and I take you until noon. Top of the hour, Rob Doster, NBC Sports, college basketball talk. We'll go around college basketball from a national perspective. And an hour from now, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on Iowa. Both football and basketball. He had a sit-down interview uh, with Kirk Ferentz, and we will get some of the highlights of that. Let's get Alex Halstead in here, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Alex, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Uh, any Tyrese Halliburton news uh, so far? I think that there was an MRI schedule for yesterday. Any results been released? No, not quite yet. Uh, he did have an MRI yesterday, and uh, we'll talk to them. No press conference this morning, so we'll talk to them this afternoon, though. And uh, Steve Prom thought he would have a little bit more to share with us. But 
you know, the thought is that he's probably out for sure Wednesday, maybe this whole week, because when you look back at this injury the first time, uh, it took them a full week to get him back to being able to move the wrist well enough and tolerate uh, any sort of pain. So I think he's for sure out versus Oklahoma, maybe out versus Texas, but we'll find out for sure this afternoon if uh, that's the case. This has been a wrist injury that has uh, bothered him for some time now, going back to December. With that, with Iowa State, the season that they're having right now, would it make more sense if it's, you know what, he can sit out a week and be okay? Maybe set him down two, maybe even three weeks, get him completely right, and then try to make a run in Kansas City. Would that make any sense at all in your mind? Well, I do think they're going to be really cautious, especially now that this is kind of recurring. Like you said, this has been ongoing now for a month plus. Uh, it actually happened, I think, in practice the day that Iowa State played in the bowl game uh, back in the mm. 80s when he hurt that wrist. And so uh, he hurt that wrist, didn't play that next week against Florida A&M. And like I said, they, last time they determined that it, it took a full week is what athletic trainer Vic Miller told us on Saturday. And so he's been having it heavily taped since that TCU game uh, in you know the last five, six weeks. It's been taped, and now... It's in a situation where, as of now, you know, Saturday they thought it was a re-injury of that same wrist, but they were going to have the MRI uh, to see if it was anything deeper. They were going to consult with their, you know, doctors and, and that sort of thing. So I think they're going to have to figure out, you know, is this the same injury, which we'll find out this afternoon. If it's the same injury, I think you still got to be, you know, cautious because, like you said, Halliburton's got quite a future ahead of him in, in terms of the NBA and uh, and that sort of thing. I don't think he will want to shut it down. So once they're once they're able to clear him, he's going to play. You saw that Saturday. He wanted mm-hmm. to play through it, then determined after about six minutes he couldn't. So once they clear him, I do expect him to play. I don't think this is going to be a Nick Bapp type situation where he shuts it down. Uh, but I think maybe on the coaching side and the medical side, uh, maybe they have to tell him, you know, that that they're going to go slower with it. And I hope that that's the path. Even if if it's close, and if there is that, you got to err on the side of caution with this kid. Look. I get it. The NBA, you're where you're picked. You, you, there's a slot of money there for you. It's not like you can negotiate your first contract. But the, the more he slides down, the more money that this costs him. And you've seen the same things I have, Alex. He's clearly in the lotteries as high as four for crying out loud, uh, with a couple of the sites. So. He clearly wants to play. I was shocked that he came back and tried to gut it out in the second half, despite the fact he was literally playing with one hand, you know, uh, in the basketball game. But we'll see. When when I saw it, I thought, you know what? There's a pretty good chance we've seen the end of Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, his Iowa State career has come to an end. Yeah, that would be obviously really unfortunate because, you know, not even necessarily for this team, but just because I think, you know, he feels like he can still do something for this team and, um, you know, obviously he wants to play because, yeah. you know, I don't think most players would try to play, even try to play through it in the second half. But you can really tell he's trying to catch passes with his just his right hand and arm and, you know, throw him with just that. So, you know, it, it was not even really usable. And after the game, they told us, you know, a, a re-injury, which would indicate it's still kind of a sprain in that hand or something. But um, it seems like it's worse re-injured now than it was in December. I mean, this was the initial thing where it's swelling and stuff after the game, but you know, if it's in that hand and, and they find out it's anything more, um, you know, through that MRI, it would be interesting. You know, the interesting thing is, you know, he was going to get an MRI on February 18th, the day after Big Monday uh, next week, to get a checkup. And the reason that they had scheduled it that far out was, you know, typically with an MRI, they have to inject, um, so inject, you know, something into your, into that area so that they can see uh, what's there. And it, he said that takes a couple of days to recover because there's some pain with it and some swelling and different stuff like that. And so they scheduled after big Monday. So they'd have a whole week. Uh, well, now they had to do it here. The, the positive Halliburton said is you know, this time they won't have to inject anything yesterday because his, his hand was already swelled. 
Um, but like I said, I don't think he's going to play Wednesday, so I'm not sure that that's a big deal this time. But we'll find out this afternoon if it's any worse, and I think that's going to be the key. Is If it's worse, then I think you know what you guys are talking about, it maybe it is something where they have to think about that. But if it's the same injury, I think he would hope to play at least sometime uh, this season. Inside, we see Solomon Young play well mm-hmm. once again. He's had a couple of good games here uh, since the calendar slipped to 2020. Michael Jacobson continued to sh- struggle with the shot. Just hasn't had the senior season, I think, a lot of people anticipated out of him. And Condit came in there, gave some energy, had nine rebounds in the game. That's one lineup we haven't seen a whole lot. Solomon Young and George Condit. Are, can those two guys play together in your mind? Yeah, that's the, that's the one thing that coming into the season, Trome. Uh, didn't mention that combination at all when he would talk about different combinations, and it was one combination where they wanted to figure out if they could do it, and we haven't seen it much, so you know maybe they've determined that it's not the best fit. But it is interesting what you mentioned there is that you know when Conde got put in the starting lineup, he kind of started to struggle, and Solomon started to kind of thrive. And uh, now that they switched the background, you know Solomon's still playing well, and you know Conde, it seems like since he went back to the bench, at least he's giving a little bit more of a spark off the off the bench. But Jacob's been the one kind of common factor that it was just been a little bit inconsistent for them. I think late in that game he had just three rebounds, and they want to get a little bit more from him. And you know he's had some open shots that he's just missing. I think you know not just him, but Promster from that five position against West Virginia. Uh, I think their 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 guys who were at the five throughout the game went like two of thirteen, you know, from the field, and, and some of those are open shots. And so they just got to get a little bit more production from that. But you've seen Solomon Young really play well like you said, against Oklahoma State and Kansas State. And those are two games where Pro mentioned before the game and I think after the game of both of those, they made concerted efforts to go inside because they thought those were areas they could take advantage of those two teams. Now those right now are the two worst teams in the Big 12, but they also don't have much of a post presence. And so they've fed Solomon Young in in in, in doing that. Uh, he's had the first two 20-point-plus games of his career. So uh, that's probably a sound strategy when they play those two teams again and when they play teams like they feel like they can exploit inside. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com is our guest. Well, Oklahoma State and Baylor were uh, taking their sweet time with that basketball game, which allowed us to see the uh, end of uh, Duke and uh, North Carolina. But what we didn't see, uh, if you don't didn't have the, the ESPN app, was the start of K-State, Iowa State. Boy, oh boy, I, I think the television got to it it was either nineteen to two or twenty-one to two, but what did Iowa State do, or what did what did K State not do uh, in the early minutes of that basketball game that the Clones were able to open up in the fashion that they did? Yeah, I was sitting next to Travis Hines uh, from the Tribune, and I joked to him. I said, "You know, the, the best stretch probably of the season for Iowa State, and not, most Iowa State fans probably <laughs> aren't even able to watch it yeah. because because of this game." And um, you're right, though. I mean, they were they went on a seventeen zero run. At one point, uh, after being up, I think it was six to two and or four to two, then they went on a seventeen nothing run, something like that. And um, you know, the big thing was Solomon Young. They fed it inside early, and he had I think eleven of their first fourteen points. Um, and so he was getting to the line. I think he was five or five from the free throw line right away in that stretch. You know, so they they just made the concerted effort to go inside. The other thing was, you know, Kansas State's obviously a team that's really struggling too, and you know they had four or five turnovers pretty quick. Some of them forced, some of them unforced. Uh, but I think the biggest thing for Iowa State was, you know, they took those turnovers and they took those Kansas State misses. Kansas State started 0 of 9 from the field, uh, and only two points when they were down like 19 to 2 were free throws. And so, you know, they took those misses and they took those free throws, or, or, and they took those turnovers and they got out in transition. And that's when we've seen Iowa State play best is out in transition and when they're running. And you saw Solomon, Solomon Young rim run a couple times. And so I think it was kind of a combination of those two things. They, they, you know, played at the pace they wanted to, uh, made some shots, but a lot of the reason they made shots is because, 
you know, they were getting it inside and Solomon Young was, you know, either dunking it or, you know, had a quick little hook. So, um, you know, they kind of did the things that they wanted to do uh, and they did them pretty well there. And obviously things got away from them a little bit, especially when Halliburton uh, went out and, you know, Kansas State in the second half got it back to four points. But I think, you know, positive for them that they were able to at least mm-hmm. close out those last 14 minutes without their best player. So I was reading your article up at CycloneAlert.com just talking about the injury, and I found it interesting, maybe this little inside baseball here, but had a quote from the athletic trainer Vic Miller. Did you get a chance to talk with him after the game? Did Iowa State make him available? You just grab him and he's walking back to the locker room. How'd that unfold? Yeah, we were walking back, and he was outside the training room, and so I think me and uh, Travis and Randy stopped and talked okay. to him. And uh, just kind of asked him what the update was, and he kind of took us through, like, you know, what it was last time and, and what they think is going to be the case this time. And that's when he told us that last week it was one week and that, you know, he kind of alluded to in that quote that you're mentioning that, you know, at minimum it's probably a week here. Um, but then mm-hmm. this MRI was going to reveal, hey, is it worse? And um, the biggest thing he said that, you know, has to happen if it's the same injury, and that's, that's it, is that he's got to show range of motion, and he's got to be able to tolerate the pain. And obviously he's been playing through pain anyway, so you know, the biggest thing is him, him being able to kind of move it a little bit. And You know, you could kind of tell uh, Saturday he wasn't able to move it, and it was wrapped pretty tightly. Uh, free throw shooting, certainly uh, a big reason why Iowa State was able to win as comfortably as they did a double-digit win in the basketball game. 19-20. Uh, free throw shooting, uh, certainly on Saturday night, was as good as it's been all year. Yeah, and, and Solomon Young's a big reason for that, and it's you know, he's been a pretty good free throw shooter a couple mm-hmm. of different times now. I think in both of those two games that I mentioned where he scored 27 against Oklahoma State, now 20 against Kansas State, which are the top two games of his career in terms of scoring since he's been here. Um, you know, he, he's shot free throws well in both games. And I think, you know, that's one thing they've done well at times is get to the free throw line. I think Kansas State's one of the worst teams to get to the free throw line, and that kind of obviously played out into their favor both ways. And so, um, you know, that's one thing I think they've just got to continue to do is be aggressive, whether it's or Bolton continuing to drive. He struggled, a, you know, quite a bit from the field. I think he went 3 of 13, probably played his worst game in, in a while, maybe this season. Uh, but, you know, both him and, you know, Solomon Young and some others were still able to get to the line uh, and, and get points that way. And it especially helped down the stretch. I mean, whether it was the free throws or I think one positive for Iowa State was, you know, Prentiss Nixon's really struggled this year. We've talked about that, but he had a couple big shots late. He went on a little mini 7-0 run of his own when Kansas State cut it. And then Terrence Lewis even hit a big shot, big three-pointer from the corner in front of the bench uh, when Kansas State was threatening. So you had a couple of those guys who had their struggles uh, for different reasons this year kind of step up big late. Yeah, I thought his, I thought Lewis's, uh, just real quick, Trent, yeah. Lewis's three I thought was was a real big, at, at the time it felt big, I guess is where I'm going, Alex. Yeah, it's, it's a different scenario, but uh, it kind of, you know, in some ways felt like that Auburn one he could have made, and that one was different because that one really would have I think, tied the game uh, and potentially put them in a situation where they could have gone to overtime on the road against Auburn, but you know, this was kind of a, a similar situation in terms of he was in the corner again and mm-hmm. a big three because I think if he, if he misses it in case he gets out and runs, you know, that, I can't remember exactly what the score was, but it was right around when they'd gotten the, the gotten Iowa State's lead down to about four and he hits that. So, you know, a big shot from him because I know there's been a couple this year that he's missed that, you know, could have been big for them. So it's Oklahoma coming up this week, followed by the game back at home against Texas, Oklahoma. Got a nice win against West Virginia over the weekend. It feels like they're the fifth team. Five teams from the Big 12 get into the big dance in your mind? Yeah, probably right now, unless you know, unless someone goes on a run and then helps themselves in Kansas City. You know, it seems like right now Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State are out of it. TCU would be out of it. So you're at best you're looking at six, and I think Texas is 
you know, probably not in a good spot right now, especially after they, you know, I think they blew that game against Texas Tech. I didn't get to watch it all, but they were up, you know, I think, a decent amount at one point. So I think, yeah, right now, probably five teams, uh, including Oklahoma in that. Uh, what's going on with Caleb Grill? I mean, I get that he's a freshman. It's the Big 12. Uh, this is all new to him. Uh, his minutes seem to be decreasing on a nightly basis. Um, is this just, you know, is, is he hitting a freshman wall type of thing? Because he seem again, his minutes are going the, the other way. And I don't know. I, I saw spurts of him back in, uh, in the non-conference. I thought, you know what? This kid's going to really make, have an impact in his freshman, uh, season. Uh, what's up with Grill? Yeah, there was a game a couple of weeks weeks ago, and I think he got like 17 minutes and didn't really score. But you know, Prone brought him up after the game because of how well he thought he played uh, defensively. And <clears throat> right now, I think it's it's really a confidence thing for him. You saw him get a wide open three again this weekend in that corner, and he and it and he missed it. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's more so a confidence thing for him right now uh, because I think he's a capable you know shooter. But um, yeah, I think it's probably more so just he's kind of fallen out of the rotation a little bit, and I've kind of wondered if this slide were, were to continue and obviously they've got to win Saturday. And so maybe, you know, they're hoping to obviously string some together because, you know, they're mostly going to play teams that are kind of in their range now, you know, with, you know, Oklahoma on Wednesday, Texas on Saturday, and, you know, they're going to still get, you know, TCU and Oklahoma state. And, you know, they're going to play some of the bottom half of the teams the rest of the way, you know, but would you want to, you know, if you're playing for next year, start to try to get more of a look at him. And so that'll be interesting to see if they do that uh, in the weeks ahead. Uh, last thing for you, I, I don't follow college golf, uh, but this Chris Baker story, <laughs> I mean, uh, I didn't, I wouldn't even know. He went to Iowa State, but other than uh, than Twitter, was did he have a great college career? What did I miss? I guess when uh, when he was in Ames. Yeah, he, I don't remember his college career as much as say someone like even Nate McCoy. Um, you know, and that was kind of more in my time. Was Nate McCoy was kind of there when I was at Iowa State Daily, and I wrote about him a little bit, but. I remember him having a little bit of a try in the, in the PJ Tour. But, yeah, Chris Baker's had a really interesting couple of weeks. And I think it was last weekend um, he, you know, on that Saturday or Sunday. Played with Tiger. He was in – yeah, he played with Tiger. He was in the same whatever. And then, you know, had a really good run now this last weekend um, at, at Pebble Beach. So, all of a sudden, yeah, an Iowa State golfer too. Um, you know, I think uh, we saw over the weekend Bridget Carlton from uh, – Obviously, Iowa State and with with Canadian basketball, yep. we'll go to the Olympics, and so they had a couple couple good storylines over the weekend in terms of you know kind of a national sports picture. No doubt, Alex. Thank you for what you do for us. Appreciate you coming on. Have a great week. Yep. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Alex Halstead. CycloneAlert dot com twenty four seven sports. To your point on Caleb Grill, two of his last twenty six. Is that what he's at for threes? He had one in the first game, hit two in the second game that he played against uh, Northern Illinois. I know he hasn't scored in the last five games. Two of his last 26 from downtown. Yeah. I remember in November, you bought the you bought the Jackson stock. Uh-huh. I was loading up on Caleb Grill stock. My, my price has gone up a little bit more than yours. <laughs> Just a tad. It's a freshman. I'm not criticizing the kid. I mean, nah, he's a freshman for crying out loud. Two of 26. Right. Not going to get it's it It's confidence. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I, th- I think it's probably between the years. We'll come back, finish out the first hour of the program. Miller and Condon take you until noon. Looking forward to Rob Doster joining us to kick off our number two. Scott Dockerman in about 40 minutes from The Athletic on the Hawkeyes. Trent and I take you until noon. It's Miller and Condon. 10 to noon, Monday through Friday on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.0. Get Hope.
Condon, wrapping up hour number one of the program with you until noon. Rob Doster, Scott Dockerman, and hour number two. See, Monday Night Football is at least kicking over bringing flex scheduling to Monday Night Football when the contract with EXPN expires at 2021. Logistically, that's kind of got to be a bit of a problem, don't you think? It can't be the easiest thing. It's going to take a little bit more lead time. It's not like you can do that the Tuesday before or something right. like that. But, yes. I mean, I'm with you. And, and it look, needs it, to happen. It does need to happen. If the NFL is trying to monetize or or grab more money from the television package, that mm-hmm. would certainly be a way of doing it. Because I remember there was a couple of nights. It's been better than it's been over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it has improved. But Monday Night Football, logistically, I mean, it's one thing to move from a Sunday noon to a Sunday 7. It's another thing to move to an entirely different day. Do you believe the uh, rumors and rumblings out there that Tony Romo is going to seriously yes. consider the ESPN offer? I do. Well, I, th- I think he's going to consider it. Now, it's probably leveraged to CBS, but mm-hmm. apparently ESPN is going to break the bank for him. They are. Now, you're Tony Romo. You have a great job. Uh-huh. You're working with somebody that you respect and like in Jim Nance. And every three years, you get to do the Super Bowl. You get to do the Super Bowl every three years. Mm-hmm. That would not be the part, at least in the no, current structure. Because at 325, you do the wild card game at Houston. And that's what you get. That's what you get. <laughs> Have fun with the the early game on Saturday. Yeah. That's it. When it comes to the playoffs, you get to play golf with your buddy Jim Nance. Mm-hmm. You still get to go and try to qualify for the U.S. Open every year. You work for ESPN. It's not just you do Monday Night Football. No, and that's it. they need you to do the draft too. You're going to do the draft, mm-hmm. and you're going to be on Get Up twice a week, oh, and you're yeah. going to be on Sports Center for a couple of hits, and on and on and on. They're going to pay him fourteen million dollars a year. They're not just paying him $14 million, though, for 18 games. No. I mean, look how the, the much uh, they get out of Kirk Herbstreet right. during college football season. That's the kind of schedule that you'd be looking on taking on. And I really don't believe Tony Romo, when he realizes what it would all entail, I don't think he's going to do that. We'll I think see. he loves his flexibility way too much. Now, I think it's just the leverage thing. He's going to end up back at CBS one mm-hmm. way or the other. The other problem is ESPN, if they pay yet another monster deal, well, Stephen A. Smith might say... Boy, giving this guy that, I was the highest played employee. And I'm on a lot more than he is. And everybody else gets back in line and says, where's my money going to come from? I I think it's a very sticky situation here. And ultimately, he'll end up back with Nance, who, you know I'm not a huge Jim Nance guy outside of the Masters and doing golf coverage. Boy, he's improved so much having Roma with him, too. Yeah, I like the football broadcast. Yeah, you're right. The the Sims-Nance uh, uh, duo, worked. really, yeah, they, they did struggle. But Romo and Nance are terrific together. Yeah, I'm with you on Jim Nance. I don't like his basketball. I think no. he's a suck-up at the master. But you have to be, too. Yeah, you, right. want to, you want to keep that contract as they award it each and every year. All right, hour number two coming up. We will start things off with Rob Doster. Get his take. I wonder if he's on board with the Bobby Knight stuff. Yeah, it'll be interesting to get his takeaway on that one. Because I love that. I know, Trent, you said earlier that uh, you were on board with it as well. We'll do that. Duke, North Carolina. Gonzaga's going to win the national championship. A whole lot of ground to cover with Rob Doster. You can get him at 11 to 1. Are they 11 to 1 right now? that's what I saw. Let me take another piece. No way. We'll get it for you coming out of the next break. Miller and Cotton until noon. 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3.